You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 18. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Do you love what you do? I mean, do you really love it? Not like it, but love it. Like you can't wait to get up in the morning and get to the office and talk to clients and get this. You even love to prospect. Well, some people are like that, but maybe you're not. In fact, maybe you kind of like what you do. You like it when things are going well, and you don't like it when things are not going well. If this sounds like you, know this. You are not alone. At some point, every financial advisor, insurance agent, wholesaler, branch manager, and even agency manager go through a time where they don't enjoy their business. So what do you do? Well, you really have two choices. You could keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to keep feeling the same way that you're feeling. Or you could learn to love your business and enjoy the journey. And that's what we're going to talk about today, enjoying the journey. So if you'd like to learn how to love your business, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to enjoy the journey? Well, because you only have one life. And if you don't love what you do, and you spend a lot of years doing it, then you'll regret it. You'll regret being in this business. And here's what I mean. When you don't love what you do, or even like what you do for that matter, you dread getting up in the morning to go to the office. You feel emotionally drained all day, and you're probably stressed out all of the time. You don't like what you're doing, so you're on a production plateau because you don't want to grow. And you're looking at the destination instead of the journey, but you're missing what's going on all around you. You know, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to run a business like this, and you don't have to live on this emotional roller coaster ride where your, your business is, you like your business one day and you hate it the next. And you pretty much live in the land of complacency between the extremes. And that's why we're going to talk about enjoying the journey. Because you miss so much when you only focus on the destination. And at the end of your career, you don't want to look back and regret what you've done. So what we're going to do today is we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, my story. So that you understand how my career almost ended before it began. Second, the top seven tips and tools to enjoy the journey so that you learn how to love your business. And third, we're going to talk about what I call the Dickens exercise after Charles Dickens so that you learn to appreciate where you are. Now, before we jump in to each one of these three things that we'll cover in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your life be like if you loved your business? Would you feel more energized? Would you feel more excited about it and want to get up in the morning and go to the office? Would you apply what you learned? If you answered yes to those questions, then let's begin. Well, let me tell you my story, and it's a story 
that I wrote about in my inaugural book, 101 Advisor Solutions, a financial advisor's guide to strategies that educate, motivate, and inspire. And I tell my story in the preface, and the story is really about what I titled, Enjoy the Journey. Now, in order to tell this story, I need to kind of simplify it, otherwise we'll run out of time, but here's what happened to me. If you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that I started in the business back in 1993. And at the time, I was hired as a registered investment advisor. Now, I took all the tests and passed those, but the reality was, even though I had the title, I was simply a cold caller. And my job was to set appointments and go out and tell the tale of how the principal partners had a hedged equity portfolio and a model mutual fund portfolio. And it actually did pretty well. They both did pretty well. The hedged equity portfolio was up 14% in a flat year. And the point of this, this story is that as I was doing this, I realized I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. You see, at the time, the principal partners were big on titles. So one day they announced I was officially the director of sales. <laughs> and my colleague, the other guy who they hired at the same time, was officially the director of marketing. And it was a nice gesture, but still didn't change the fact that all we did all day was cold call to set appointments, open accounts, gather assets, and basically get rejected. <laughs> and within six months, they announced that they needed to lay off one of the staff. And they chose the other guy. See, I guarantee you, if they would have chose me, you wouldn't be listening to me today. So at the time, I was forced with the reality that I was pretty much lost. I knew nothing about the market. I knew nothing about investing. I knew nothing about sales, prospecting, and all of the above, because all I was really doing was getting rejected all day, and I wasn't enjoying any of it. <laughs> and each day, I was making the calls, and each day I was trying to set appointments. And occasionally, I would avoid getting rejected by basically photocopying off the Judy Diamond directory. So if you've been around a long time, you know what that means. It's a kind of a glorified phone book. And I would photocopy that off until one of the principal partners would look at me and say, we don't pay you to make copies. Give that to the secretary. Go back and make calls. This guy wasn't kidding. This guy was the portfolio manager. And this guy was analytical. He was such an analytical type that, well, he'd walk by my office and he'd pop his head in and at the end of the day and he'd say things like, so what are the numbers? I knew exactly what he meant. This guy meant how many dials, how many contacts, how many appointments did I set, and how many appointments did I go on? And so every day I was ready with the numbers. And one day he walked through my office or walked into my office and he saw I was on the phone and he walked away because he didn't want to interrupt me. But when he walked away, he heard me get off the phone because I kind of slammed the phone down a little bit. See, I was frustrated. I was getting rejected all day, and it probably happened for the double-digit time that day, and he stopped dead in his tracks. And it was one of those defining moments. And it was one of those moments that I still remember to this day, 29 years later, he turned around and he walked back with purpose and he walked back into my office and he poked his head in and he looked in and he said to me in a matter-of-fact voice, enjoy the journey. What was that supposed to mean? I was getting rejected all day. <laughs> and he popped his head in to say, enjoy the journey? What kind of wisdom was that? And so I said, what? And he said, enjoy the journey. 
But this time, he paused. And he followed this statement up with this. This journey is going to be over before you know it. Enjoy the journey while you can, because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be surprised at how much time has gone by. Time goes quickly. And then, as purposely as he walked into my office, he turned around and he walked out. I was shocked. <laughs> but I sat there and I thought about what he said, and I thought to myself in my little small office, with my phone, my directory, my tally sheet in front of me, I made a decision. I thought to myself, I'm going to enjoy the journey, regardless of the destination. And here's what followed. What followed next was an amazing set of events. <laughs> and soon after, I was setting appointments left and right. In fact, that month, I was in 60 appointments. I was making three appointments a day and going to three appointments a day. And I was so excited that I was enjoying everything. So I didn't care if somebody rejected me because I had one more person to call and my goal was to enjoy everything. Now, the point of the story is this, is that you choose to enjoy your business as much as you want to. And my wish for you right now as you listen to this is that you take these steps that I'm about to explain to you and you enjoy your own journey. Because before you know it, you're going to wake up one morning and realize time's gone by. I know. That was 29 years ago. And I'm still enjoying the journey. The top seven tips and tools to enjoy the journey so that you learn to love what you do. So I'm going to go over seven tools and tips with you. And a lot of these tools and tips I've gone over before in previous podcasts. So if you haven't listened to the previous podcasts, I suggest that you go back because I'll cover some of these tools and tips. But the bottom line is this, in order to really get the most out of your business, you got to put the most into your business. And the way to do that is to learn how to apply these tips and tools. So let's take a look at all of these tools. Tip number one, know your why. Now, if you really want to enjoy the journey, <laughs> what you need to do is understand why you're on it. This can be simple. Just by asking yourself this question, why am I in business? I mean, why are you really in business? Now, take the time to write the answer down, but don't stop there. Here's what you do. Then you ask it again. What's important to me about this business? Why am I doing this? And ask in any way that you can that just basically asks the same type of question seven times. Now let me explain to you why this works. In fact, let me tell you another story of how this worked for a very successful financial advisor to help him when he was going through a hard time. This was an advisor who had been in the business for 30 years. This was an advisor who had a huge staff, had a net worth of over $10 million, and was very successful. But he wasn't successful at enjoying what he was doing. So we worked on his why, and, and I asked him the same question seven times in different ways, and here's what he came up with. This was a guy that was self-made. This guy said to me, what really was his why, why he was in this business, it was because he wanted to help his friends that he grew up with, these childhood friends that he grew up with. He wanted to help them have the financial, financial freedom that he has. 
You see, that's what was important to him. So once he realized that, he changed his attitude, just like I did when I was trying to enjoy the journey. The point of the story is, if you don't know your why, then you're probably going to be focused on what you don't like instead of what you do. So if you want to enjoy the journey, know your why. Tip two, know what you love to do. This business is tough, but it's even tougher when you spend all your time doing what you don't love to do. That's why I think it's so important to understand what you do love to do. And the way to do that is to use a tool that I explained in a previous podcast called the Roll Exercise. Now, the Roll Exercise is a simple tool that you can create yourself. In fact, the Roll Exercise is just make three columns. So you can do it right now if you're not driving. Grab a pen, make three columns. And in the first column, what you write down is things only I can do. And in the second column, write down things I and my assistant can do. And in the third column, write down things like, write down this, things only my assistant should do. Now, go through every single thing you can think of and put each one of those in only one of those columns. And once you do that, then you look at this and you ask yourself, all right, do I like doing these things that that only I can do? And if not, Find somebody else to do those. Once you do this, you're going to start to realize that if you focus on the things you love to do and you delegate the things you don't love to do, you're going to enjoy your business a lot more. And when you do that, it changes everything because you're focused on the things that you love. And so in order to enjoy the journey, focus on things you love to do. Tip three, know your value. (laughs) Part of enjoying what you do is knowing your value and what value you bring to your clients and get this, even to prospects. Look, you don't, if you don't see your own value, then nobody else will. So how do you find your own value? Well, you can use a tool that I created called the value exercise. I talked about this in a previous podcast where basically what this is, it's just another Excel spreadsheet, or you can take a piece of paper and just make four columns. Label the top the value exercise. And in the first column, you write down the number sign. So basically, you'd write down a number of numbers below that. One, two, three, and so on. In the second column, write down the client's name. In the third column, write down the products and services that you provided for that client. But here's the most important column. In the final column, you write down value. So what you do is fill this out and take your top 40, top 50 clients, as many clients as you want, to write down who they are, what products and services you put them into, and what value they got out of it. Once you've filled this out, all you have to do is look for the pattern. And this is exactly what I did with one of my clients. You see, this client didn't know his value until we did the exercise. And as we did the exercise, I said, now... This is how you do it. And I explained the whole thing to him. And I said, I want you to do this. And we're going to talk about it next week. So a week went by and we were on the phone and I said, what did you learn? And he said, well, here's what I realized. I realized that the value that I bring to my clients was the depth of planning that I do. Most people don't do as much in-depth financial planning as I do. Also, my knowledge and expertise, because 
I do these things over and over again, and I go so in-depth that I know I can help people. And the third thing that he realized was his integrity. In fact, what he told me was the fact that a lot of times when he looks at these plans or these investments, there was no planning whatsoever. And so when he finds a really good plan or he finds a client that has a great financial plan already in place, he lets him know, but he rarely finds one. The point of the story is this. When he knew his value, he started to enjoy his business a lot more. And when you know your value, you'll start to enjoy yours as well. Tip four, know your boundaries. Now, in the previous podcast, I spent an entire podcast on building your business boundaries. If you haven't listened to it, I'd go back and listen to it, and here's why. I explain how important it is to know what you will and you won't tolerate. And if you've been listening to it or listened to it, uh, you, you know that it can help you to understand how to manage your energy as well as your time. And I tell a number of stories in that podcast about creating better boundaries and how once you create these better boundaries, you feel better about your business. As a result, you'll enjoy it more. And once you enjoy it more, then you start to accomplish more. And success breeds success. The point of the story is, is that you need a good process for identifying your business boundaries. And the tool you're going to want to use is called the business boundary exercise. It's another Excel spreadsheet, or you could take a piece of paper and basically make five columns. So label this the business boundary exercise. And all you do is in the first column, you write down the boundary type. Maybe it's boundaries with family or boundaries with clients or prospects. I've got six different boundary types. So listen to that podcast and you'll understand each one of them. In the second column, you write down unhealthy boundaries. So if you have an unhealthy boundary with family, such as when they call up, you drop everything and walk out the door in the middle of the day, then write that down. Or unhealthy boundaries with clients. When they call up, you drop everything and help them, then write that down. The next column are healthy boundaries. And then what that is, is you write down the boundary that you want to have. And the next column is boundary conversations. What you'll say to explain your new boundary. And the final column are results. The point of this exercise is to make sure that you fill it out, you stick to the process, and you stick to your new boundaries. And when you do that, you'll have more energy and you'll manage your time a lot better. And you'll enjoy your business more. And it reminds me of a story that I told in the previous podcast. And it bears worth repeating. And here's why. One of my clients, a great client, has been in the business for 30 plus years. He's an insurance guy. And he went to go see a prospect of his. And that prospect was a business owner. That business owner was on the phone. And when he got off the phone, he noticed that my client, the agent, had been waiting for a while. Now, the agent had overheard the conversation. Now, when the agent stood up to introduce himself, the business owner said to him, I got to tell you, I'm an SOB when it comes to insurance, and I'm an even more of an SOB when it comes to insurance agents. So my client, the agent, stuck out his hand, and he shook his hand and said, thanks for your time. He started walking towards the door. Now, the business owner was a little shocked and said, where are you going? And, and the agent stopped and turned around and said, well, 
If you're an SOB now, what will you be like when you call me with an insurance claim? <laughs> and, and the business owner said, I'll probably be a, more of an SOB. And the agent said, exactly. And I don't work with them. Thanks for your time. And walked out the door. This was a great example of having a healthy business boundary when it comes to prospects. Now, when you do this, you not only manage your time, but you manage your energy so much better and you enjoy the journey. Tip five, know the power of focus. <laughs> I've heard it said this, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. But if you're at peace, you're living in the present. And I believe this is true. I mentioned this concept of staying in the present in the Advisor Solutions podcast, Mastering Motivation and Momentum, when I explained about how kids are a great example of living in the moment when they're playing. They aren't in the past and they aren't in the future. Instead, they're focused on the present, playing a game. And the game is fun. And that is unless you're on the losing side and you're focusing on the future. But you get the point. I also mentioned several time management tools that I've used and that my clients use in the Advisor Solutions podcast, Mastering Time Management. These time management tools will help you stay focused on the moment. Now, there's several tools, and if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to the Advisor Solutions podcast, Mastering Time Management, because I talk about several tools for structure to the day, a way to handle the interruptions, a way to have a reward and punishment system, and get this, a way to be accountable to someone else. You see, when you put all of these tools together, one thing happens. You're in the moment. And it reminds me of a story that I told in that podcast, but it bears worth repeating again because it's a story about a successful agent slash financial advisor, doing both, that had gotten into the business later in life. Now, this guy had retired at 50. And that's not later in life, but at any rate, he retired at 50 and went back into the corporate world again. And he retired at 60. And he went back into not the corporate world, but he went into the world of financial advising and insurance, working in a small firm with his best friend. He bought into the business, and when he bought into the business, he wanted to take on the investment side. And when he did that, he realized that he was pretty busy and he was pretty stressed out. He wasn't enjoying what he was doing. The point of the story is this, is that when we met, he was stressed out. But within a year, he doubled his business. Within the next year, he doubled it again. And when I asked him in a group coaching session, full of rookies, how did you feel the day before we met? He said, pretty stressed. How do you feel now? He said, not stressed at all. Why? Because I used the tools, the bottom line list, the time matrix to do, I have a reward punishment system, and I do my daily accountability emails. In other words, he was not stressed because he was in the moment, and he was enjoying the journey. Tip six, know your processes. One of the best ways to learn how to love your business and love what you're doing is to do it better. And the best way to do that is to find a process for doing everything. And here's what I mean. You need the right tool. And in the Advisor Solutions podcast, episode one, Are You Coachable? I explained the first tool that I ever created 
Now, in that podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. I explained this tool because I realized I was winging it. And winging it doesn't work. So let me tell you the story and tell you the tool. I basically tell the story in that podcast, but it bears worth repeating again because it was the day that I realized that I was winging it, and I was winging everything. You see, a couple had just left the office, and I had just closed a huge annuity. I'm not going to tell you how much it was, but just know this, that if you close this today, you'd be pretty happy, and so was I. But I reached over to the grab the phone to call the next person, and what I realized, I didn't know who I was going to call, what I was going to say, but I did know this. I just wanted another appointment. So I went home that night, and I created the first tool. In fact, I didn't even have the company, Advisor Solutions. But I sat down and I created a pie chart. And I put all the facets of the business in the slivers of the pie. And things such as time management, prospecting, sales, marketing, and so on. And you can get a whole list of those when you listen to that podcast. The point is, is once I had those labeled, all I had to do next was to, to ask myself, on a scale of 1 to 10, if 1 was or if zero was the middle of the pie and 10 was the crust, where was I on each one of these facets? So what I did was I rated myself one to 10 on each one of those facets of the pie and made a dot or plotted a point. Then I connected the dots and I realized my business is not balanced at all. See, after I did this, I discovered that I had challenges that I hadn't even thought of before and I started looking for solutions and that is how Advisor Solutions was created. And I started to enjoy the journey a lot more because I realized for every challenge that I ever had and will ever have or have right now, there's always a solution. So all I have to do is go find it. When you do that, you enjoy the journey. Tip seven, know how to find the opportunity within the obstacle. No matter how successful you are, you're always going to have an obstacle in your business. You just always will. But successful advisors and agents know how to find the opportunity within the obstacle. And there's always an opportunity. Always. You just need to have a process to find it. In the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 2, I talk about understanding greenlight moments. And in there, I talk about a process that I use when I'm coaching. And the process is what I call the solutions formula. So here's what the solutions formula is. It's just a process for identifying, number one, the challenge, and then identifying the solution. And then the next step is to identify the tool or the technique or the process that I need to do to implement the solution or to get to the solution. And then I have my clients apply those tools or processes. And finally, we assess the results. It's that simple. But once you do this, you start to realize that for every challenge that you've ever had and that you have right now and that you have in the future, you will always, always, always have a solution. And that's where the, the idea of green light moments comes in. And picture this. Now, when you were a little kid, very small, you didn't know what a green light meant. You knew the color green, but you didn't know what it meant. And green means go. But somewhere along the way, you realized what it meant. When you did, you started to realize that every signal light was just another opportunity to move forward. 
or to slow down or to stop. In your business, there are green light moments everywhere. You just got to know how to look for them and what to do when you find them. And when you know that on how to use the solutions formula, you enjoy the journey a lot more. Now, I told you that we'd cover three things today. First, we'd cover my story. Check, we did that. Second, we'd cover the seven tips and tools to enjoy the journey. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Dickens exercise, Charles Dickens. <laughs> so, so that you learn how to appreciate where you are right now. And if you've ever watched The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, you know that Ebenezer Scrooge was haunted by three ghosts. You know, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. But the one thing that seemed to really stick out to me was the impact that the ghost of Christmas future had. When he realized that, you know, his future wasn't so bright, he wasn't feeling so good. That is, until the next morning when he woke up and he realized he had a second chance. You see, he got a glimpse into the future, and then he got back to the present, and he knew that he had an opportunity or a new appreciation on life. And that's exactly what happened with one of my clients. You see, my client had been in the business for a long time, 30-plus years. He had five years to retirement. He had no passion in his business whatsoever, and he just didn't know what to do. And so we did this exercise, and what I had him do is I had him visualize what retirement day would look like. He'd come into the office, clean out his desk, talk to some clients, have some cake in the, in the break room, talk to everybody that he worked with, say hi to the staff or, or goodbye to the staff, and at 5 o'clock, he'd walk out the door. But we, he didn't just walk out the door in this picture of his future. He told me, because I asked him, what the door looked like, what it felt like, what it sounded like when it latched behind him. And get this, what he felt like when he retired. Knowing that he retired in the last five years, he didn't really have passion in his business. And here's what he realized. He realized that he, he needed to make sure that his clients were taken care of. You see, it really wasn't about growing his business at that point. He was thinking about retirement. It was about taking care of his clients. And he was motivated to take action because he wanted to make sure all of his clients had the right products and services and that they would eventually work with the right person when he was done. The point of the story is this. When he did that, he started to enjoy the journey. Now, before we go, I want to tell you one last story, and it's a story about a successful financial advisor who was unsuccessful at putting passion back into his practice. He definitely was not enjoying what he was doing. So this financial advisor was burnt out when we started working together. He said, I just don't really, I'm not into it. I, I don't really know my value, and I don't really know, you know, that I like this business anymore. And the interesting thing about this story is that I titled it After the Fact, and I titled it Finding Your Daily Hot Button. Let me explain what I mean. As we talked about what his challenges were, we started to identify his why. Remember how I talked about that before? 
And then we identified what was fun about the business when it was fun or when it is fun. And for him, it was connecting with his clients. So we created a, a daily scorecard. And this daily scorecard, he even retitled it. He said, let's call it a contacts and connections card. I said, sure. So he retitled it. He gave himself a daily reward, and he gave himself a daily punishment if he didn't talk to enough people. He also focused every day on speaking to them and tracking his progress. And his motivation now was connecting with clients. And after about a week of using this process, he said, I finally found it. I found my daily hot button. And at the time, I didn't know what he meant. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, well, I'm having so much fun in this business right now because, well, I know what, what I love to do each day, which is to connect and contact my clients. And I thought I liked it, but I really love it. And this is what got him to learn to love his business again. And it got him to enjoy the journey. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. Thank <laughs> you.